0: Hi, my name is Simon snowder I have a special guest for you on this podcast. His name is Miro Fuck. He is the founder of Vita Virtuos. Miro, welcome.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's uh, been a while, I know. You've been asking me to, to come on this, so I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you here, and uh, I want to know a little bit more about yourself. Like, What, what has your journey been? Where did you start it? Where are you right now? Um, Yeah, so I
1: guess I'll start off just telling a little bit about myself and how I got here. Um, So my journey really started, I'll I'll start with my, we'll say my professional career with insurance particularly. Um, In 2008, when everything sort of went down in the dumps, I was working for a, a financial advisory in California at Wells Fargo. Well, actually it was previously previously called A.G. Edwards, and then we got by, bought by Wachovia, and then we got bought by Wells Fargo, all in about a span of about six months. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's when I thought I wanted to be uh, a financial advisor and um, do retirement planning, and it was a scary time. Like, you know, it was 20, 26, 27 at the time. Yeah, 26 at the time. And uh, yeah, it just sort of, everything hit the, the, the tank, and. Um and then I decided to move to China because China was seemed to be the only place that was doing well so yeah. uh moved to China and I uh landed a job at an insurance brokerage where um I had a bit of a different approach where I uh I was really hard on the phone calls and um was calling people and doing sales and um the company sort of recognized that I was doing an okay job at uh selling to people in Dubai so Um, They sent me on a four-month project uh, to go to the UAE. Um, I loved it so much, and we were doing so well. They're like, hey, listen, you want to just stay out here? Mm -hmm. Um, Moved out to Dubai in 2010. Uh, And then in 2010, uh, 2011, um, decided to, oh, sorry, two years after that, uh, 2012, 2013, decided to uh, break off and start doing my own brokering. So, um, from 2012 to, to pretty much, you know, last year and a half, a uh, year and a half ago, I was uh, doing brokering um, with my wife, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, sort of, uh, sort of got me to where I am today, which is uh, selling insurance technology. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about that now. Absolutely.
0: I, can. Um, I mean, it's. Uh... I mean being an entrepreneur and, and growing to that journey is definitely that we something we're going to okay. talk about. <laughs> I can't well I can talk about it now if you yeah, want. Go ahead.
1: Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean so when we when when I got my first insurance job, I the the company we, we were I was working for, um, they had a very interesting way of uh, addressing their customers. They were focusing on digital marketing. Um, which got them a huge volume of customers. And then they were able to um, help customers really quickly by mm-hmm. being on the phones, um, answering emails really quickly. And then also one of the unique things was they were able to send quotations fairly quickly. At that time, they were still doing it in a very manual process, which was uh, they had an Excel spreadsheet, which was like um, specially designed. They had someone designing their Excel tools Uh, very well, Um, but they were still able to distribute pretty quickly compared to most other people where they didn't even have that. Um, So uh, when I branched off and decided to do my own thing, I knew that I needed to have a similar process to that, which was, you know, we focused on digital marketing, uh, trying to get as high volume clients, but we also needed to distribute fast. So we started off doing an Excel spreadsheet, Um, but then the market started to change. The tools that we were using were becoming a lot more dynamic. Um, there are a lot more information that I needed to take in that an Excel tool could not mm-hmm. um, uh, identify, for instance, like uh, before it was just your date of birth to get a quotation now it's like date of birth and gender, marital status, um, uh, sometimes your income, uh, nationality in some cases so an Excel spreadsheet cannot identify these things. You have to identify it yourself, and then the Excel spreadsheet can do that. So I started thinking, wow, we're not doing this right. Uh, it's it's taking way too long. It started to be only like 30, 40 minutes, and then it started becoming hours of work. So my background, my family, I come from close to Silicon Valley, but not exactly Silicon Valley, from mm-hmm. the North Bay of California. My whole family's in tech. My father uh, ran a... Um, uh a hardware company my brother works for one of the top uh and share uh well uh marketing um uh, tech companies in the world Uh, my my other brother is also in tech so um i thought i'd go down that road and Mm -hmm. try to design my own software for my company um to help me sort of adjust towards how complex quoting became so I started I hired a developer and we started designing a internal tool to start quoting customers. And we did it. It was a very basic tool but it worked. Um I eventually uh after a year or two of using it, we we got invited to a an insurance uh sort of event that was in um I think it was in Thailand and uh at this event, there's about 500 brokers, and this is for one insurer. And 500 of these brokers are like, "Hey, uh, um, we all have the same problem," and they're telling this to the insurers. They're saying we can't distribute quotes to our customers. We need we will rely on you to give us a solution to be able to help our our potential customers or our customers. So they were they were asking the insurance companies to get uh, mm-hmm. like a, a portal. Or a tool to be able to quote help them quote faster, and here I am, only like four or five staff using a tool that could answer all these guys' uh, questions uh, or give them a, a solution for their problem. And I was like, maybe I should turn this into a product I, I could sell. So that's basically what ended up happening. Is I you know I came back and put it in front of a few. Close uh, friends and colleagues of mine um, that I trust in the in the tech space, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a this is a good idea. You should f- uh, follow that." So uh, we started designing a product that we could potentially sell one day, and then um, yeah, I sort of uh, met met up with partners. Um, you know, you've you've met Richard before, and um, yeah, we decided to finally launch the product in in the UAE, and that's how we sort of. Are are here
0: today that's that's a great journey because what I love is that you you identified a problem something that you daily were struggling with mm-hmm. and I personally know how frustrating it can be to get quotes and to just be able to put that package together while you are I could be doing something else with my time uh, so it's great that you identify that problem and also were able to find a solution
1: yeah absolutely i think i mean i I think it's it's good because I was in the industry for so long and I identified um the issues that people were encountering so much so I yeah. knew that it's like everyone has this frustration so that was one unique thing so but yeah it's uh it, it's good that I was able to go through that journey to to get where I am now
0: yeah i'm I'm a little bit curious about getting towards the solution because while you sat down to, with the developer to, to decide it, you must have had like ups and downs before oh. you were satisfied yourself. Oh, man, I'm still not satisfied,
1: to be honest. Uh, took a very long time to even get to a basic version, a very basic version. I mean, one, because I don't technically come from mm-hmm. a tech background, right? Like um, I was designing... Uh, Uh, A piece of software and you know there's not one way of designing it. at that time I thought you know it's just oh you just you just design something right Mm -hmm. no it's not that easy it's you you have there have so many different languages so many different ways of structuring um, um, uh, your yeah it's just very complex basically Um, even to now to this point I'm doing it for years I'm still learning but at that time when I was first starting, I had no idea, you know, and then, you know, you finally run into someone with a little bit more experience and then they're like, no, no, this is, you did it wrong. You're like, oh God. So, um, yeah, it took, it took a lot of uh, trial and error, we'll say, a lot yeah. of money invested into, into, you know, developing a, a workable solution. This is why, I'm, you know, when I see um, our, some of our potential customers or customers and they're like, oh, you know, we're designing own," I'm like, do not do that. Stay yeah. to your core product. Let other people make mistakes before you because it's a lot cheaper for them to just buy a piece of technology that had years and lots of money thrown at it before, beforehand instead of them spending all, all their time and money into developing something that eventually won't have a, a good a solution for them. Yeah, no, Um, I
0: I fully agree with that and also you're diverting away your attention from your core business and your core strength and also I think a lot of companies don't realize or when they find that later is that maybe you come up with something but the market is changing all the time that means that you need to keep enhancing it to keep it up to date to keep it workable. A hundred percent, a hundred percent like it's just like
1: I read so many books and just business one-on-one don't take away from your core business, mainly yeah. because you'll be taking away the one reason why your customers select, select you, it's because you're good at what you're doing right there. right Now if you divert resources and time into other things and other mm-hmm. types of businesses, you're going to just dilute your core business and the reason why people select you, so then your customers are going to be like, hey, we're not getting the same experience that we did when we first came to you so we're going to go somewhere else yeah um you know it's just a nat- it's natural you can't just say hey we're going to throw a bunch of money and time at uh uh at a new um idea and concept within a business something's going to something will give and it, uh, unfortunately for a lot of businesses it's tends to be the the service that they provide to their customers and then then they run, run into another set of problems so so yeah um this is one thing I have, to, I have to constantly explain to people.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes y- you warn people, but they wanna go that, through that path anyway, and then they realize what actually you were warning them about. Yes. And then they probably yeah. will say, okay, I caught my losses. <laughs> yeah, <You laughs> and I don't find so. a proper solution or. Sometimes yeah. that takes a
1: while. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a, yeah. I won't mention it on this, on this. Yeah. Uh, uh, the name of the company but there was one company um, an insured that spent about a million dollars in investing into a piece of software that was essentially a CRM um, and then after I think a year of development they ended up canning the project because it just didn't work and I I was mentioning this to a few colleagues and you know if they just spent maybe a quarter of this mm-hmm. with Salesforce. You know, they they assign you an engineer to, to to literally develop whatever needs you want. Like, hey, we want this software to do this. They will design it for you. Yeah. Um, you know, but it took them a million dollars and a year of development for them to learn that lesson. Unfortunately, um, so. But yeah, now they're on Salesforce. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is keeping up with trends, keeping up with technology. And their whole, their whole focus is to provide a software that meets their needs instead of, you know, the, this insurance company having to design it themselves and invest
0: all the time and money into doing it. So. And what do you think would be helpful? Because you're, you're, your company is providing fast quotes, accurate quotes, mm-hmm. quick overview of quotes. And then you have the other part as well, where the quote comes to the potential customer or to the client. Mm-hmm. How do you see the the personal interface of an advisor in that process? Well, um,
1: I mean, my background comes from advising. I, mm. I. Highly, um, I, I mean, it's a it's a dear part of my my yeah. life, the advisory side, because there's so much to a, a customer's um, we'll say own personal journey that goes into getting the right product, right? Like it, when, when, a, when I was a broker, uh, when a customer comes to me and they say, hey, this is, my, um, this is what's going on with my life. This is what I wanna do. This is my, what my fears are. Then the advisor comes back and provides a, a solution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that fits them. Uh, f- for me, I want to enable advisors to become more powerful because right now the trend is replace the advisor. Right? Like they want all these, there's a lot of e-commerce platforms that are out there um, that are good solutions for certain products and certain sectors of insurance, or even other um, sectors that have to be insurance, that are good f- to replace an advisor. Because there's a lot more trust and clarity to things. But the advisor still is so important. So um, for me, I feel that um, we're just going to continue empowering advisors to give them more tools and a better ability to uh, provide solutions to their their customers, um, we're coming up with more uh, more advanced uh, products. Uh, right now, we're just doing quoting, like you like you said, but uh, we're planning on designing an interface that allows advisors to connect better, provide more information to their to the customers. Um, have faster change changes to uh, the, maybe the quotations that they're uh, being provided from that advisor. So um, we're coming out with some slick ideas mm-hmm. and uh, new concepts that haven't been uh, provided yet uh, to the market, and we think it could be a, a game changer for the advisor, particularly.
0: Uh, I fully agree with that. That it's very important to to identify the the pro and benefits of of an advisor and non advisor tools that. That are there, in, in terms of like the, you know the, the the changes you see now with websites and and other platforms where you can directly get a quoting system and you never interface with an advisor. But um, I just had like a gentleman walking into my office a couple of months ago, and he said, "I have two life insurances. One was sold to to me by a bank, and one by another advisor from another firm." So I sat down with him, and I went through it, and like this is what this product is this is what that product is what do you want this is what you wanted and this is what you want he said I want neither of them I didn't know how these two were what should I do I said wow it's up to you but you know you're paying way too much here way too much there you can get for like one fifth of the price the solution that I think you just described and he was just like fabergast because he's been paying like 10 years for that stuff Yeah, Uh, and I think that AI tools and, and, you know, non-advisories, I will have a problem to get to that point yet.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of small nuances, right? Um, That uh, technology at the moment cannot identify. I'll give you an example. Well, I mean, insurance is a perfect example, mainly because I would say 95% of the processes are still very manual, human-driven. So, you know, when... A manager of a company leaves Mm -hmm. right you notice that change in that company it's very people driven it's very skill driven Um, so an advisor has their finger to the pulse of that right Mm -hmm. so when when uh, the CEO or the COO of a company leaves it leaves wakes Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and you're like oh hey this is a big deal so when someone comes to you and says, hey, what's the difference between these two companies? You can easily tell them like, oh, well, this company is going through struggles. You may not see it, yeah. but it will take you, instead of two weeks to process your life insurance, maybe it'll take three months yeah. or um, uh, claims are not being paid on time, mainly because the main claims manager has left or there are new underwriters or uh, they're going through a reinsurer change, or a variety of different things that in a you know, piece of AI or tech, other tech uh, cannot identify these types of problems, again, because it's a very human-driven type of process. Um, eventually, again, when it goes from you know, being 95% human-driven and maybe 50 or less, you'll be able to connect AI to say, hey, the service is very good with this. Um, you can trust this product. But right now, we're, I think we're very far, until the industry completely changes how manual it is and how human-driven it is, I think we're very far from uh, having a, an AI replace the, the advisor experience, mainly because you know, we, we're able to give them um, a better feel of what is actually happening in the industry.
0: Yeah, and also I think what nice is, is that a quote can show you, for example, very quickly the features, the benefits, and, and the covers. But then, an advisor can also explain you how likely it is <clears throat> that those will be applicable with this company or that company. How fast it can be processed the claim? Will you? Will you? Are you likely to get your claim actually paid out by X, Y, Z companies? Uh, and, and that is that is like the soft data that you know together with the hard data. I think that will be a nice mix.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like that word, soft data. I haven't heard that before. I'm gonna use that though. Um... Yeah, absolutely. This is and this is why what we're doing um is to in, in enable and empower advisors to be able to um be more up to date um with, with how technology is today, but also um keep that that human touch to
0: things. So, so in general, what what are a couple of important things for you in business? Uh it,
1: um I mean, for me, when I first created this company, the biggest thing is just solving um, the, the the biggest solution, which is we want to solve the digital the sorry the distribution process for private medical insurance. And the biggest part for me for business is continuing that journey. That's the biggest thing. I don't want to be interrupted. This is why we're not dealing with many investors. This is why why we're not we're very careful about who we engage with as far as people that want to be involved in our journey is because our main objective as a business is to solve that that problem, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a a distribution model which goes from uh, quoting, uh, application, to um, underwriting, and then payment. That whole process needs to be resolved because at the moment, it takes around six to eight weeks to go through that whole journey, and we want to simplify that into, you know, under 30 minutes, right? Post advice. So as soon as someone's uh, happy with their insurance, mm-hmm. the, the policy they want to purchase, we want to take a eight week process and simplify it down to under, under 30 minutes.
0: Uh, that's, that's, that's a great, great outcome to, to focus on. And the time is so important for everybody, right? You, you feel like in private life and work life,
1: yeah. I mean, it's I think also going back to the advisor. It's important too because people even though you give them good advice, life happens in the end, right? You you get advice for an insurance policy, life health, whatever. Um but all of a sudden you get a bill for your uh your kid's school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then all of a sudden you're you're like, "Uh maybe that policy that I really wanted doesn't seem as a good idea as as it sounded, you know, yesterday." So like capturing those people in those moments when they really need the insurance and they know they need the insurance, but then again, I always say just life happens, right? You know, yeah. um something devastating may happen in their, in their family life where they have to have more cash available and they don't want to spend the money on, on that insurance policy or, or whatnot. Um, so being able to get them to decide quickly and, you know, find a plan, enroll, and uh, take a policy fast is better because then you know, when, when things do happen, they'll have that insurance policy to maybe protect them too.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I can give you a real life example. I have a client of mine and she wanted to take a medical insurance for her mom that was visiting and they end up staying longer because of COVID. In the end, she did not do it because the process was a little bit too complicated. So she took a travel insurance, her mom got sick here, and she ended up paying a lot of money out of her own pocket. And now, see, going back, she's like I wish I just quickly could have gotten yep. an overview, select something, do it, not the hassle. While you know I'm busy with my work, my private life, and then doing this on top of that.
1: I'll, I'll give you a, a example, a personal example It happened to me years ago. Um, you know, I, I was advising a, a customer that uh, um, we wanted a medical insurance policy for his family, but he's like, you know what? Um, Let's put this on hold. I'm going traveling for mm-hmm. a little bit. When I get back, I'll finish the process. You already decided this is what he wanted, but he just didn't want to complete the application mm-hmm. because it, the application process, I mean, to complete everything by hand, at that point, everything was by hand. There was, yeah. wasn't these, you know, um, Adobe or DocuSign around. It was mm-hmm. still printing it out. Uh, and it still happens today, unfortunately. Where people have to print it out, sign it, oh, um, go through the pages, yeah. and it's simple information. It's not complex information, yeah. but this takes you know thirty minutes, an hour of your day, right? Sitting down and going to do it. And I'm not talking, you know, if you were to do it straight, it would take maybe thirty minutes or or, or an hour, but life gets in the way, and, and in the end, it takes a few days to do because oh you do page one and two and then you got to take your kids to school and then do three and four and then you got to go to work and five and six okay you gotta do dinner so by that time it takes a it can take weeks so he's like yeah. you know what I'll do it when I get back I'm going yeah. on vacation yeah. right go to they're going on a wedding wife's dancing on the dance floor and she tears her ACL PCL because she fell down um, uh, dancing gets back all of a sudden she can't take the insurance if they were to I've, it would have been a simple, simpler process. They would have had the insurance. They would have been covered for this terrible accident uh, and not have to pay higher premiums for the insurance now because they apply, have to apply after she had an injury. Yeah. So it would have saved them thousands of dollars just because they weren't able to sign up fast enough. Right. Yeah. They still wanted to take it. So yeah, you know, these are the problems. And again, you know, I, I give one example, but hey, this happens every day. Right? So. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. It's a, it's it's an extra blockade for people. So, so this person wanted to do it. It was just like the hassle that stopped it from moving it fast forward. Yeah. And in general, for you in business, like who do you look up to? What are what are your? How do you learn? How do you get food?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I have so many mentors uh, in my life, either. Yeah, Mentors in books, you Mm -hmm. know, I have I I've I've not met a lot of my mentors, but but I get their lessons through books Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have a lot of mentors that I I speak to on a regular basis Mm -hmm. Um, I think my first mentor uh, I haven't been engaging with him um, much these days because our lives have uh, Gone two different directions Uh, I met him when I was a lot younger, but I have an uncle in Hong Kong uh, Uncle Jerry uh, this was the first time I ever met uh, an entrepreneur that was doing what he loved, and mm-hmm. uh, um, just the way he would engage in business, the way he lived his life. I, um, you know, in Hong Kong particularly, I just I looked up to him and said, you know, this is how I want to live my life. You know, um, this is how I want to do business. So, yeah. um, that was the beginning of my journey, just seeing how uh, a person outside of America could live. Uh, i 'm sure many people like this in America could uh, live like my uncle Jerry, but not not in my circle, mm-hmm. not where I was living. Um, maybe you'd find this in parts of l a or New York or something like this, but uh, it was wild to me so then i my my first uh, person I looked up to was uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, the uh, author of the Four Hour Work Week, started just mm-hmm. consuming that book, uh, read it maybe two or three times um, and then, sort of, just put me on the journey of being an, an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, traveling the world, taking advantage of of uh, uh, currency and labor, and um, trying to build a business uh, on a very uh, uh, efficient and effective way. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, moving to Dubai, you meet so many creative minds and amazing minds. So I have a, a variety of different um, mentors that I, I still tap in today. Um, a uh, couple of our business partners of, of mine now. I um, have a, a a good friend of mine. Uh, we went to university together. He's he's a business partner in, in our in our uh, Invita Virtues, and yeah, he's one of my closest mentors because he's gone through the journey already. So like anyone that's gone through the journey that I wanna that I'm going down right now and I wanna you know clean exit. These are the best people to pay attention to, and he's got so many stories and so many analogies to give um, these are the people i sort of surround myself with these days as uh people that have already gone through that
0: that sort of journey before do you do you seek them out on purpose or do you bump into people like that or do they come to you
1: i i mean i definitely seek them out on purpose um mainly because like y- yeah, if you sit back, I mean, you have to, yep, uh, I guess I'm an energy person. You have to put it out there to, yeah. to receive. Yeah. So, like, I definitely uh, put, put out my energy that I'm looking for guidance. Mm-hmm. So, like, Andrew is a business partner of mine. Mm-hmm. He's not someone I was looking to bring in as a business partner, but I definitely needed his advice. So I reached out to him because he's a good friend of mine. So hey, man, I have this idea. I'm running this business. Um, what do you think? And he, as a friend, returned that information. Mm -hmm. And just through exchange, we just began a business uh, relationship together, Mm -hmm. uh, which just turned into a mentorship over time and then a partnership over time. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think I do ask for it, not directly necessarily, but I definitely put the energy out there that, you know, this is what I I want, and energy that the the, the universe sort of returned that.
0: Yeah. You're accessible you're open to learn mm-hmm you, you know it's also a little bit like humbleness that you know you put your ego aside
1: dude I am I try not to yeah. try not to have too much ego obviously there's always moments but definitely knowing that you're not the, the smartest person all yeah. the time is a good thing in my opinion I feel like if you have this mentality that you're the smallest person I don't think you learn
0: yeah right? true I heard somebody say was, if, if if you're the smartest guy in the room, get out of the room. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're
1: definitely in the wrong room in that in that case. Uh, I agree with that statement. Um, I am constantly around people that I learn uh, yeah. that correct me on a regular basis. So I think that's a, a, a good thing for me particularly.
0: No, I, I'm definitely a, a, a big advocate of mentorship and, um, and also like digesting information. It's, it's very satisfactory for your own journey. But it can be also so helpful in business, right, because they can just grab that moment where you are maybe struggling and out of the experience and knowledge can like whoosh, show you suddenly a different curveball and then yep. you're like the light bulb moment, yeah, and how long would have that taken you on your own?
1: yep, a hundred percent they shorten they shorten
0: paths for me
1: also I think the other thing too is like being an entrepreneur, particularly having mentors is is so important mainly because. Only other entrepreneurs that have gone down that journey yep. or are in that journey will understand what you're going through. Yep. Like truly, like it's not an easy right,
0: mm-hmm. path. Mm-hmm. And
1: we, and I, I say this on a regular basis. If it was easy, mm. then everyone would be doing it. But you know, there are are hard times. There's great times, but there's a lot of hard times in running your own business. Yep. And. Having a mentor that's already done it before, they know what you're going through, so they're able to, you know, set your mind straight. They're able to keep you on a uh, uh, on keep you on the path that you're wanting to go down because yeah. sometimes you just you're thinking all sorts of different things, or you're on a down or whatever, and they're like, hey, stay focused, don't worry, keep pushing, you're doing the right thing, and um, yeah, it's you know they it's so helpful in the end to have again particularly mentors that have have done it before. How
0: important is focus for you?
1: As like probably the most important thing, like being focused on um, on the concept, being focused on your business, being focused not even just business, but just when when you're running multiple things, right? Um, you 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 only have so many things you can focus on, mm-hmm. and if you're uh, if you're not focused on those few things, you just your life will just be chaotic, in my opinion. Yeah. So, for me, it's basically a focus on three things, right? Business, my personal self, which is like um, you know uh, my physical practice yeah. and my mental practice, and then my family. Those are like the the three things I focus yep. on. I unfortunately had so many other things that I was focusing on before starting another business, and um, it's just too. You, you only have so much time in a day, so being focused on your, your core um, areas is important because um, I think I think you just take away from f- the most important things in your life, which for me again are my business, myself, and my family.
0: What is helping you to bring your focus to the right places?
1: Um, so again, I, the, going back to mentors, that's one helpful thing for business is um, you know, there's a lot of things that can take you out of focus for your business it could be on product or mm-hmm. um, your business m- model whatever it may be your mentors will hey stay focused this is what you're that this is what we're planning on doing and let's accomplish that for myself um, i uh, i now have a routine of um, mental and physical improvement so like for instance i do yoga at least twice a week Mm -hmm. Um, this is I'm not very good at meditating I try to improve on this but uh, there's a form of meditation Mm -hmm. in yoga Mm -hmm. so it's like a two-for-one you know it's a good physical practice but Mm -hmm. also a great mental practice Um, I surf so Mm -hmm. like surfing is just like a deep passion for me yeah Um, it's something I hope to be able to do until I I die Um, uh, and that is again a good physical and mental practice there's no There's probably elements of meditation in there, but not like yoga, particularly where they like help you uh, guide you in in meditation. But um, that's another uh, aspect of my sort of physical and mental. And then I just recently started doing um, cold plunge in in sauna. This is like a huge Mm -hmm. physical and mental practice for me as well. Like that cold plunge, cold water sort of like sort of sucks in everything and you have nothing else to focus on but your breath. Yeah, and because your 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 body's so much in shock, right? So, I think these uh, sort of activities help me with my physical and mental practice. And in my family. What helps me with focus for that is um, I've read a lot of books mm. that have helped me get particular routines in my life that will allow me to always focus on my on my family. So, mm. um, there's not one book I can give you as a reference. Yeah, you know, there's maybe three or four that I've read that. Got me to where today, but I'll tell you my routine. So every morning I wake up, I have a reminder uh, uh, at uh, around seven thirty. Uh, I get my first reminders, which is uh, gratitude. So I, mm-hmm. I remember uh, to always be grateful for my my life and my family. Mm-hmm. So I sort of take a fifteen second moment where I just think about my family and mm-hmm. my you know. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the life that I have and be, be very grateful for that. And I tell, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it just sort of becomes routine, but yeah, I try to always tell mm-hmm. myself, I'm very grateful for my life and for my mm-hmm. family. Um, and then the next one is, next reminder I get is uh, kiss your family and level up. So mm-hmm. kiss my family is so I, I give a kiss to my wife, I give mm-hmm. a kiss to my son. Mm-hmm. And this is before I look on Instagram, mm-hmm. well wow, I don't use Instagram anymore, but like LinkedIn yeah, or any yeah. kind of social media. I uh, was a, as a bad practice before, having all these routines, like going on my social media first thing in the morning. No, mm-hmm. as, I cut this out. This is one of the things I didn't have time for anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and just focusing on just, "Hey, I'm going to give my, my wife a kiss, I'm going to give my son a kiss, and, you know, focus on that. Um, so that's one part of my routine. And then uh, another one is, uh, every two weeks, I, have, uh, I write a letter to my son. Um, mm. to just recap what our life is at, at that moment and mm-hmm. just giving my, my two cents. So I have a lot of these sort of family reminders mm. um, to uh, invest in my family, to focus on my family, which is like, yeah. again, very important to me, but life can get crazy, right? Yeah. Like if you don't have these reminders of someone telling you, you can just blink of an eye, a month has gone by and you know what have you done with that month? Have yeah. you spent uh, time with your family? Have you spent time with your business? No, maybe you're messing around, you know, going out on the weekends drinking, mm. or you're uh, uh, just yeah, just wasting time doing, doing something that doesn't bring you value. So um, I have yeah. these constant reminders telling me, focus on what's important to you. So,
0: yeah. That's, that's very nice. Uh, I, I like uh, a lot of those things that you try to, to enhance your life, to to make you aware of what you have, mm-hmm. like to, like you said, be grateful, right? Don't don't only think about what you don't have. Yeah. But look what you're waking up to. Absolutely. Look at the life, the people you are with, your family, and where you are, where you come from, Absolutely. To, to have this.
1: I uh, I agree because. Uh... You know, a lot of people, you look at someone else, I mean, Dubai, it's really easy, right? You can mm. look at someone else driving their yacht, you automatically feels like you're a poor person. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the guy that, you know, just was the labor worker that has been building the buildings around here, us today, Yeah. you know, you, you can be, you're, you're uh, the richest person in the world when that person looks at you. So it's all, all relative, right? So, exactly. Um, so just be grateful for you know being healthy, being having a family if you have one, mm-hmm. for whatever it may be, but uh, making sure that you're grateful for it.
0: Yeah, and uh, I like the connecting part as well. That you want to find moments to to also connect with with each of those components. Yeah, like within your family, with each member, within your business to to know that you're, you're you're there as well and also you know, it's important to have your own time as well to connect with yourself as 100%. well 100
1: yeah. i think it's so important before i actually i wasn't focusing on that for a yeah. period of my life and you know if that breaks down everything breaks down Yeah. so you have to be a little bit selfish yeah you have to be like it, it's tough at times especially when you have like so many things going on and it's yeah. you know your family and friends and stuff like that but you need to take moments to be a little bit selfish because if you're not and your body breaks down and your mind breaks down, everything else will, will yeah. fall.
0: So before but, I switch away from focus, I just wanted to say or ask you, how important is it to say no in order to say yes?
1: Oh man, saying no is so important. I love saying yes because I'm such a yes yeah, person. That's me like too. like that's I grew up like everyone loving me, like, Meow, you're always you're always down for everything, yeah. man. You like you say yes to everything. Now it's just like, yeah, just making a practice of saying no. It's it's super important, I, you know, it's tough to do. Yeah. Um, I guess if you're someone like myself that likes to be liked all the time and mm-hmm. likes to be mm-hmm. uh, doing things that are, I get crazy FOMO yeah. on a regular basis. <laughs> um, but uh, being able to say no is, uh, is, I think, really important for you to uh, stay focused to your objectives, is because you cannot do everything, unfortunately. Yeah. Um,
0: so, it takes away, right? It takes away from so much things that... And then when you do say yes...
1: When you do say yes, those yeses are way more meaningful. Exactly. Like significantly more. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, it's, uh, you have all these pressures around you that you want to constantly say yes yeah. to, but it takes away from some greater rewards in, there in, in the future that you say yes to. Like, yes, I want to buy that dream house, or yeah. yes, I want to buy that dream car. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it may be. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a great
0: uh, question. I like that. Yeah, thank you. I I want to talk a little bit about like using surfing technology. Surfing technology. Okay. Yeah, I mean surfing. You got my you got my <laughs>
1: you got my uh attention already.
0: Yeah. So, so what have what, what have been some of the best waves you've got in business and what have been some of the like, you know, Moments where you really felt you were drowning.
1: Oh, oh, geez. Uh, um, I mean, I, I I feel like it's not like you're. I'm drowning, but the best way to compare my journey right now is like um, like uh, rocky waters, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a constant movement. It's constant adjustments to things. Um, so like when you're starting off a, a business you just constantly feel like the waters are not calm, right? There's always something unexpected coming up. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's not like one particular moment that I felt like I was drowning, but I just, I, it, there is a constant feeling of unease because you know, the waters are not calm, mm-hmm. right? But occasionally you'll get that nice ride, mm-hmm. you know, that small wind that comes across that you're like, wow. You know validates that waiting in that rocky waters you know why am i out you know it happens all the time in surfing you're like you know you'll be out in the water and you're like god why am i out here it's not worth it it's so yeah. stupid and then you're just right about the moment when you feel like you're about to give up and go back in a wave will come through and you're like oh and sort of yeah. just validates all that time you just put just put in waiting for that wave and then you're like you know what I'll stay out for a few more, and you go back out again. So, um, you know, surfing in business, honestly, like I, rem- I I remember when I first started off my uh, financial advising career in uh, in San Diego. I, again, I was just a junior advisor. I wasn't doing actual advising. I was just making cold calls. But yeah. I would pay attention to all these, um, uh, the senior advisors, and all of them are surfers, and all of them are super successful. And I still, to this day, believe that like, surfers can be great business um, businessmen mainly because of the mentality that they have. Mm-hmm. Like um, they're really good at committing to something, right? Like in surfing particularly, you have to commit. If you're halfway, like especially in big wave surfing, like if you commit halfway, you can really endanger yourself. Yeah, when you but when you commit, you commit. You go, you yeah. go, you go for it. And uh, there's good analogies like you know, um, waiting for waiting for waves and and other things like that. Um, but yeah, I think particularly the the mentality of surfers that they are able to commit to things that are scary and dangerous, but there they know there's a massive reward in it. I think that's if you take that into life and business, uh, it has a, a lot of uh, translation into things. So. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: A, I like that because there's often a little bit of a stigma, right, about servers. Like, oh, you know, they're too relaxed. You know, they're li- living this laid-back life. But if if you look at it, and the discipline you they're showing, and the commitment, the focus, uh, and and just balancing in this element, which yeah. is to see which is so hard to and unpredictable. I know this uh, this guy that uh, was a friend of mine, and for three straight years I went to the Zorus, and no matter what time it would be—three o'clock, four o'clock, two o'clock—at like around five a.m. he would be the at the sea, at the water. Oh yeah,
1: I was. I did it this. I did this uh, uh, this last weekend. Like wake up at four a.m. Yep. before those sunrises, make your coffee drive out to the beach get to the beach before the sun is even up Um, and then yeah and then just sort of dedicate yourself to your craft Um, it's uh, it is a big commitment man so yeah yeah, I think I think yeah a lot of surfers have this stigma of oh yeah they're like super late but there's definitely a switch Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I think and I think it's because of this you know um, calmness and this like craziness at the same time right they know how to switch it on when it's calm they're calm when it's crazy, they're like hyper focused. You're not th- focusing on anything else except that way. So, there's, uh, again, like a lot of translation to to, to life and business.
0: Yeah, it's, you, you can you can learn from everything and enjoy everything as well. And I like you know that you that you're using you know the calm the water's part in business because yeah, you you just never know right what's coming and and so when it, when it comes to your current situation like what what are you feeling is next and and what is your ultimate dream what is your your end station
1: so what's next for us in in the immediate term um i mean we've had a lot of success in the uae particularly for our first product that we launched um we've been listening to our customers uh on a regular basis Mm -hmm. as far as what they're wanting next so we're we're planning on launching some more tools and products for our customer base in the UAE. Um, this should probably hold us, um, uh, keep our focus on this probably for the next year or, or two. Uh, but eventually what we want to do is uh, launch it into global markets. Uh, uh, markets that are probably similar to how Dubai is, so uh, markets like Singapore, mm-hmm. um, Hong Kong, uh, Thailand, Thailand. Um, we have other markets that are again similar, but a lot larger. We'll say like in uh, Latin America, particularly, mm-hmm. and even Europe. Um, so yeah, it's it's taking into the, to next markets probably in the next like two two three years, um, and then eventually, who knows where we go next? Um, the plan is to go global, mm-hmm. um, but but uh, I'm trying to stay humble, trying to trying to focus on you know one step at a time, yeah. and not looking too far ahead. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's the initial plan right now.
0: That's good, uh, and and do you feel those markets are similar to Dubai because of the expat population, or or other I do. Nations? I think
1: particularly for the products that are um, being sold and our technology, what the, the solution it's solving, um, all revolves around like the expat market. Mm-hmm. So anything that's a high expat market. Um, uh, at the moment, our, our, our solution solves, uh, solves those problems in those other markets. Um, but who knows, things may change. There's uh, new concepts as well, new markets that are opening up to us that we can pivot. But again, you know, we're in initial stages. We're not in a stage of pivoting at the moment. We don't wanna get off of our, our journey and our focus at the moment. But you know, two, three years down the line, when we're a bigger company and we can maybe throw money at other projects, we may go down, uh, you know, into other markets that are not similar to Dubai, like maybe Saudi Arabia or something like that. Um, so, but yeah, at the moment, I think everything's focused on expats at
0: the, at, at this time. Yeah, well, thankfully, there's still a lot of expats yes. uh, places out there in the world, yes. and and there's no chance I see that disappearing.
1: No, I think it will probably increase yeah. over time. Because you know, being an American, I think a lot more people are looking outside than inside these days, especially in my circle of friends. So um, I do think it'll be always, being an expat will always uh, be intriguing to people.
0: And are, are you planning to, as an expat yourself, are you, are you planning to stay longer in, in, in Dubai or?
1: I mean, we're. I'm open to to anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as it doesn't interrupt my family. Um, yeah. If uh, my journey takes me back to the US, then so be it. Um, like I said, we do have bigger markets in um, we'll say no, uh, North and South America, the Americas. Um, I don't think it'll have to take me there, but if it needs to, then um, then so be it.
0: Yeah, one step at a time, but I'm very, very curious to see the journey for that we had also your business partner, Vishat here, and, it, uh, it was also very interesting to see his, see his journey and your journey, and some there's some commonalities there. With, for example, both of you have been in in China, worked in China yep. before you came to Dubai. Yeah, um, and that's that's just fantastic to to uh, be able to to have worked in other places as well outside of your home country.
1: Absolutely, it's brought a lot of experience to my life. I mean, I'm sure the same with you. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you compare your friends that have, have mm-hmm. not traveled and lived outside the country to, to yourself, it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can only describe how I am today, um, because of because of the experience I've I've gotten outside of, you know, where I'm used to, where I'm where I, I grew up in. You know, I yeah. wouldn't have been I am not the person I am today mainly because I lived in China and I lived in Dubai. Yeah. And uh Been to other places in the world where you can open up your mind to different perspectives.
0: Exactly, and and it helps you also in business, right? Your your end customer is an is an expert, and you want you can identify also better than yeah, absolutely with end customer. So for for our viewers, in case we have not asked you anything yet that you wanted to touch base on of what do you think is something that you would like to share with them that um, that I have not asked you or maybe that is on your mind it's it's a free, free platform so um, go ahead <laughs> um,
1: I don't know like uh, I I think there's one thing I just I, I you know everyone says I'm, I'm the biggest salesperson mm-hmm. but I only sell things I feel like will improve other people but we sort of touched bases on it, but I think the most important thing, more than anything, is uh, again focusing a little bit on yourself and taking the time to improve yourself. Like really improving yourself. This is, could be either um, picking up a self-improvement book that will teach you new lessons in life, um, surrounding yourself by people that um, that you want to aspire to, and you know learning their practices. But uh, I think I think a lot of people. St- Stop um, after school, trying to improve themselves. Like when you go in school, like they force you to improve your education mm-hmm. and y- your mentality. But once you get out of school, you a lot of people already assume like I've learned everything I need to learn, mm. right? I'd say the majority of people are like this. But having a self improvement practice is super important, and mm-hmm. I think it's uh, often lost by people. Um, so like, uh, yeah. Listening to podcasts or um, picking up a new a new uh, activity, right, mm-hmm. uh, and learning learning something new, I think is is very important for people. So, um, if there's one lesson I would say uh, mm-hmm. is that just don't stop improving yourself. Like, uh, if you don't want to have time to read, pick up a podcast. I, I forgot where I heard this from or read this from. Is in your car. You should, your car is a moving a school. You spend, uh, I think they said, if you got all the time uh, that you spent in the car over two years, that's the equivalent of, I think, uh, over, sorry, one year is the equivalent of two diplomas uh, of education. So if you just, every single time you're in a car, you put on an audiobook and learn about something, mm-hmm. that's the equivalent of two diplomas. Um, so So yeah. Constantly improve yourself. Constantly work on yourself. Um, that's pretty much it.
0: Absolutely. And also be grateful. Oh, yeah. Always be grateful. Because, you know, that's definitely something that I found also coming out of your story. And, and, and I thank, definitely think you can be grateful about a lot in your life. And, and that's great to, to see that. And it was great to have you here, Miro. Uh, you know, you're the founder of Vita as a company. you at the same time also focusing on uh, other components in your life and it was great for me to hear your story and for the people listening to uh, hopefully also enjoy uh, our podcast together oh thank you very much thank you for coming
1: oh and thank you for having me I really appreciate it and uh, I I hope when we have our our next interview I have even more stories to share of of our journey and more of my learnings I'm happy to share it with you as well absolutely
0: thank you thank you